So missions, the gospel, carrying the gospel, what's it got to do with us? Yes, Avon and I have been uh, missionaries for some 20 years now and uh, had some awesome experiences. There's so many stories. And uh, what has God done for us? Just been an amazing journey in Ecuador and now as uh, executive directors of One Mission Society. And uh, check out our table up the back there. Uh, ask us any questions and that after. Right now we've got four missionaries, one couple, Glenn and Naomi, many of you know here, and another couple of singles, waiting to go out, just waiting for the borders to open to go out overseas as missionaries. So, yeah, so I'm just going to uh, speak a little bit about the gospel today, uh, relating that a little bit from our, illustrating that from my own personal experience. And uh, so missions, is it challenging? Yes. Is it rewarding? Awesomely rewarding. And uh, I can remember in our first year in Ecuador, we were staying with a, a Spanish family there, uh, learning Spanish, and the, the husband had, had gone off fishing for the weekend. And, and when he came back, I, I asked him in Spanish, you know, how is your fish? And he looks at me, he says, pronounce your words correctly. <laughs> and I found out, after that, I was asking him how was his rear end. <laughs> so what is the gospel? Last week, Pastor Ants explained the gospel and explained how it came from the, the old Anglo-Saxon word God's spell, which is uh, good tidings. And this, of course, came from the, the Greek uh, word evangelion, uh, from the Old Testament uh, Greek. And uh, it, it means uh, good news. And it came from the understanding of the people of that time, in, in the time of Jesus, from the, the Hebrew word basar. And the Hebrew word basar uh, meant good news. And it was the good news of the messenger of that time coming to tell the king or the people the good news of the battle, the victory of the battle, and, and uh, such uh, occasions as that. Or it could have meant a, a message of deliverance. And so well understood by the time of Jesus. And so what's, what's this gospel, what's this good news got to do with us? And how does it work for us? I remember uh, a man who was 35 years old living in Alice Springs, Australia. And he was invited to come along to a barbecue that's what you do in Alice Springs. It's hot there. And at this barbecue, he was quite surprised. Uh, no one was drinking alcohol. The people were happy and enjoying themselves. And then he was kind of um, cornered by the, what he found out was the, the pastor of that group. And the pastor introduced the good news. The good news that God loves him. The good news that God has a a purpose and a plan for his life. The good news that God forgives all the sin, all the wrongdoings in his life. Long story short, that man became Owen Brown, the man today. God did a, an amazing work in my life. He set me free from brokenness. He set me free from destruction and alcohol. And he healed me physically. I was a builder at that time and my, I, I couldn't stand up. I went into the doctor at one stage, totally bent over. 
And uh, they, they said there's not much more they could do. My, my back was, was gone. And I, very shortly after accepting Jesus as Lord and Saviour, God did a, a miracle of healing in my back. The power of the Holy Spirit just came through me. In the middle of the night, I just got up to pray, just prompted, I know, now know, by the Holy Spirit. And, and to this day, I've not had a problem with my back 35 years later. So people online, welcome to the reality of the gospel. And I pray that the Holy Spirit may come upon you wherever you are at home. I pray that the Holy Spirit may come upon us today, that we may have a greater understanding of the reality of the gospel, the reality of the power and deliverance of God. He can do it. He did it for me. He's been doing it for the last 35 years. And God wants to do much more in and through us. Amen? There is no other literature in history that has the power to transform, to change your life, to give you a hope, to give you a purpose in living, to give you life, to give you a destiny, to give you an eternal destiny, to give you forgiveness of sins, all the wrong things that you have done. So let's, let's look at what the Bible says about the gospel and how we're to carry the gospel. Mark chapter 1, verse 1 says, in the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as is written by Isaiah the prophet. The Gospel of Mark, as we call it, is the, the message, the whole, the whole book of Mark is, is the message about the Gospel of Jesus. It's, a, it's about the author of the message. It's about the message itself. And it's about the subject. It's about the person of the message the person of Jesus Christ. In verse 14, Mark 1 verse 14, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. People at home there, repent and believe the good news. So Jesus set out from the very beginning of his ministry. He just got baptised by John the Baptist. And the interesting thing is, as he went straight after being tempted by, uh, by the devil, he went straight back to the town where he grew up. And that's where he began his ministry. An interesting lesson I find for each one of us, that God wants us to begin serving him right where we are, right in the church where, where he's placed us, right in our hometown, Hamilton, if Hamilton's your hometown, whatever your hometown is, that's where God wants you to, to begin. So Luke chapter 4, where Jesus begins his ministry. And he said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And then he rolled up the scroll that he'd been given to read from. And he sat down. And then he said, Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. People, I pray that you may just get it today. 
that this scripture is fulfilled today in your hearing and in your lives for each one of us. John 10.10, carrying on with Jesus explaining why he came. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come, said Jesus, that you may have life and have it to the full. Jesus wants to give us life. People online, no matter what you've been going through, no matter what your struggle, your situation is right now, Jesus wants to give you life. I know, 35 years ago I was living but I didn't have a life. I was dying in myself. I knew that. Jesus came into my life and gave me his life and he totally transformed my life to a different person that I am today. John 14, verse 6. And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's only one way to have eternal life. Only one way to have the life that Jesus is offering through this good news. And that is through the messenger of Jesus Christ. Later on, Paul with his revelation of the reality of Jesus, sums this up in 1 Corinthians, verse, uh, chapter 15, verse 3. And Paul says, well, For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, according to this, these Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. It is good news, the message that produces the results in our lives and the lives of others. It includes what a person does, such as living, what, doing what is right, as we heard last week from Pastor Ance from the message of Matthew chapter 5. And I encourage you to, to go back and listen to that message as a is leading into this message today. So how does the gospel work? How does the good news work? And I want to illustrate this from the example of the people we were working with, the Saragoro people in uh, Ecuador. And these people uh, that we went to work with had migrated from the mountains, the Andes Mountains, down into the jungle area where we were working with them. And many times they, they didn't have enough food to feed their families. And we learned that the gospel must come in word and in action. Because what we learned while we got, when we got to know these people is, they say, you're telling us that God loves us and cares about us, and yet we can't feed our families. Does God care about that? And so we learned that the gospel and action must go together. And so we helped these people to... Uh, uh, it turned out our, our role was in micro-enterprise. So we helped them build a series of guinea pig sheds because they, they eat guinea pigs. Sorry, if there's any children watching online, my apologies, but they eat guinea pig there like we eat chicken or perhaps like, like we eat lamb. It's, it's more of a special meal. And so we helped them build these guinea pig sheds to raise guinea pigs on a larger scale to, to sell to, to the restaurants and that. Maybe the next slide, thanks, uh, Justin. And so we have uh, teams 
that come to us in our mission situations. And many, there's, there's people here today who, who have been on mission teams with us. And they come in and help the missionaries on the, on the fields to do work that the, the missionaries are not, not able to do, that they don't have the time, they don't have the skills or the, the finance to be able to do it. And so we're very grateful for short-term teams that come over for uh, short terms, uh, maybe two weeks. The, the, these two girls uh, got stuck in and helped uh, these Saragora men building one of the guinea pig sheds there. So what we do is summed up in Matthew 22, uh, verses 37 to 39. It's love God and love people. I'm sure many of you know this, these verses. Love God and love people. It comes down to that. Does God care and love us? One of the lessons I learned from this was um, when I was studying at... Uh, what was in the Bible College of New Zealand, Laidlaw College now up in Auckland. And in my third year as a senior student, it was, um, we took turns in, in leading the midweek worship. And uh, I was leading the, the worship at, at one particular Wednesday night there. And I just felt the Holy Spirit just stop and pray for Sarai. She normally comes every week, but she's not here. And I just felt, Lord, I, I told everyone, I think we need to pray for her right now. I'm not sure what's going on or, or anything. And meanwhile, one of the other ladies went across to her room and here she was packing all her belongings to go home back to Fiji. She had no more money and she had to go home. Well, we took up a, an offering and uh, she completed the rest of her studies. She was just so blown away of God's love for and care for her. Jesus showed his love to his followers for three years. I didn't know how to love as a brand new Christian. And so God gave me a disciple. And this is one of the keys that I've learned. Is God wants us, we're going to come back to this in a minute, what is a disciple? but he wants us to be teaching and helping others to grow. And so God gave me a disciple as a, as a new Christian, and this lady was profoundly deaf. She'd been born deaf, and she, had, she was blind, blind and deaf. How do you disciple who's someone who's blind and deaf? For seven years, she was my disciple. I saw her come to the Lord. She's now the... Uh, the, the wife of a hearing impaired pastor in, in California. So let's see what God has to say about this good news. And uh, Jesus, after his resurrection, he explained the, the good news of what we call the Great Commission. And so during one of the, the first of those 11 appearances was Matthew 28. And uh, Jesus said this to his followers. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That word authority 
It's the Greek word exousia. And it includes the meaning of, of power and official right. Jesus purchased that on, on the cross. He, he purchased all power, all authority over every situation that we can go through in life. And he's in control. We might look around at pandemics and all sorts of things and wonder what was God doing. God has a plan and he's in control. And he's in control of everything in our lives. And anything, uh, people online, anything in your lives, Jesus is in control. He has total power, total authority. And he is with us. Whatever we go through, that is his promise. In Mark 16... Later on, in one of the other of these 11 uh, meetings with his followers, Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, and they will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Amen? Yeah. Do I hear an amen? amen? These are not the words of Owen Brown. These are the words of Jesus himself. We should expect it. It wasn't something just for 2,000 years ago. It is then and now. I want to see God move more and more. In Luke uh, 24, this was the final time when uh, Jesus spoke to his disciples just before he ascended to go back to his Father in heaven. And uh, 40 days he'd been on, on earth and his last words are pretty important. They're pretty important to me. Why are they important? Why have they become a revelation to me? When my mother was uh, dying of cancer, we were missionaries in Ecuador, and my brother sent a message to me and said, uh, they've opened mum up, sewed her up, there's nothing more they can do. If you want to see her, you better come home immediately. We took an emergency three-day trip to get back to New Zealand, and I spent three days with my mother in hospital, like at a hospital. The amazing thing was that six months before that, she accepted Jesus as Lord and Saviour of her life. She had resisted God for 80 years, fought against God for 80 years, and she finally sent me a letter that six months before saying that she'd, she did what I suggested and asked Jesus into her life to forgive her. And those three days in hospital, she said to me over and over and over, I know where I'm going. I know to whom I'm going to. Thank you for telling me. Yeah. Do you think that impacted me? The last words that my mother said to me before she went to a coma was, keep on doing what you were doing. So I stand here now doing what God has called me to do. This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem, beginning in Hamilton, beginning right where you are, beginning in your workplace, beginning in your school with your students, beginning with your family, 
beginning right where you are, your Jerusalem. So why the message? We accept it by faith. We repent from our sins, we accept forgiveness and we tell others. But we must have the Holy Spirit. That's why I so enjoyed our worship leading up to this this morning, was inviting the Holy Spirit to come because we need him. We cannot do it on our own. Acts 1 verse 8. And Jesus said, "By, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Hamilton or wherever your home is, and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So what was the result? This is the, 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 the nutshell of the good news. There's so much more I could say. But what was the result of this, of all that Jesus had been teaching them for three years? Back in Mark 16, verse 19. And between verses 18 and 19... There's, there's a 40-day period because uh, the, the verses proceeding up to verses 18 was early in the 40 days. And now at the end, after the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. You want to see revival? I want to see revival. I want to see Jesus working. I want to see my loved ones, my families, those around me being healed and set free, set free from the bondages. I, speak, I spoke once to a, a woman's prison in, in the Philippines and this group of about 30 women. And I said, I haven't been behind bars like you've been, but I've been, I'd been a prisoner in my life. My life was locked up. And God set me free. And he can do the same for you. God wants to do amazing work in us and through us. Oops. I'm going to miss out a little bit here. We... um, I want to tell you the example of how it's worked out for us from the story of the Munyan people that we're working with uh, at the moment. Many people from this church have been to the Philippines working with the Munyan people. And uh, can we have that slide? Thanks, Justin. We met these people in um, 2010. This village had, they were squatters on the land. They had no running water. They had to go up to the mountain, further up the mountain, to bring the water down in 20 litre containers from a spring up there. Uh, No electricity, no toilets. You went out into the bush with a stick. And uh, Avalon and I stayed on the community one night and Avalon said, I'm not going out there. (laughs) In the middle of the night, there's dogs, there's whatever. (laughs) They had no hope. They wouldn't even look, look us in the eye. 
They had no purpose. Their children might have gone to school until they were about eight years old and they were taken out of school to, to go out in the jungle and find food. And so we worked with them. And it's, it's a long story, but we met the, the chief of the village, uh, the captain as he called himself, and invited us to, to come there. And so one of the first things we said, well, we, when we explained what we were and what we did as missionaries and would they like his help, yes, like our help, uh, what is your most urgent need? What can we help you with? And they said, we want to have water at our community. And so it was a simple matter of, of taking the, a large alkathene pipe from the spring down to two tanks that we put in above their houses and then small uh, half-inch alkathene pipes to each one of their houses. And this is one of my most precious photos of, of all my years because I can't explain to you and I, I can't express to you the joy of these people being able to turn on water in their own house for the very first time. That, that very night, or that very morning, the Sunday morning, we got them all together and we brought them the message of the Samaritan woman from John chapter 5, that they have natural water, but there's someone who has the true water of life, and his name is Jesus. People got saved that, that time. A year later, and, and teams went back every year. We built toilets for them, they built their church, and now the church has been rebuilt for the third time because they ran out of room for the first two times and they've had to enlarge the church. But about a year after this photo was taken, they baptised 42 believers in one day. God can do amazing things in you and through you. There's so many stories that of what God has done. It's just amazing. And today, that community is a totally transformed community. Can you just roll it. Uh, next one, thanks, uh, Justin. So we take teams there every year. And uh, come and see us up the back there. I'm not sure what uh, Peter and Avalon were doing up the, ba up the back there. They, they must have been just encouraging the, <laughs> the other workers. <laughs> So where do we start? Where do we look for the opportunities for what God wants to do in us and through us? There are more people alive today than ever before. In 1950, there was 2.5 billion people in the world. Now there's 7.8 billion. And a lot of the, the people that we're getting reports back from are, are experiencing fear, are experiencing hopelessness, and experiencing a loss. And for us in New Zealand, we, we haven't got the full impact of the pandemic worldwide. But there's, there's so many people in dire situations perhaps seeking God. Where is God? What's, why is God allowing this? There's the opportunities to use uh, Facebook Messenger, which is using 1.3 billion users. WhatsApp, 1.5 billion users. Cell phones. We're having reports now of, of uh, many people in, in Iraq downloading the gospel downloading the Bible on their cell phones. The government can't stop that. Why are people in Iraq downloading the, the Bible? And we're searching now in missions of, of how does missions work? What's it going to look like post-pandemic? We've got one couple, Glenn and Naomi, many of you know, and another two, two singles 
waiting to go out, just waiting for the borders to open, for them to be sent out as missionaries. I want to finish up with Romans um, chapter 10. And here Paul, summing up the, the good news, says, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. <clears throat> For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. This is your opportunity to get real with God. I invite you all to stand. People at home, I invite you also to stand as well. Sometimes we've got to put action into words. And I invite you if you've never received Jesus as Lord and Saviour in your life, if you've walked, walked away from God in the past, I know, I was a prodigal son. God is calling you back. God is wanting a personal re relationship with you through Jesus Christ. He's wanting to give you the Holy Spirit. And people today, this is your opportunity. I invite you to follow me and asking Jesus into your life and accepting his forgiveness, to he accepting his Holy Spirit to change and transform your life. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that we just come to you in faith even if we can't work it out. And I just ask that Jesus, you may come into my life. I ask you, Father, to forgive me for all the wrong things I've done in my life. The sin, as you call it. I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit and make me into the person that you want me to be. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. It's that simple, people. You just have to believe as the best you, you know how. You just have to accept that Jesus is going to do the work in you. He will give us your Holy Spirit, His Holy Spirit. Revelation 3.20 says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, opens the door of their heart, opens the door of their lives, I will come in and fellowship with them. I will come in and be real to them, just like you're sitting around having a meal together. Yes, that message is for those who don't know Jesus as Saviour, but that message in the, in the context of, of Revelation 3.20 is to believers. Paul finishes up in uh, Romans 10, 14. It says, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one in whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. I'm not an evangelist, but I evangelize. 
And many of you may say the same. I'm not called to be a preacher. You're called to to share the, the gift that God has given you, the good news. You're called to share that with others because this gift is too precious to to contain yourself. God wants you to give it away so that he'll give you more to see your loved ones, to see your family, to see your, your workmates, to see your fellow students hearing the good news and have the opportunity to respond also. My challenge to you is don't go away from here just having heard knowledge. My challenge is for you to spend this next week and saying, Lord, here I am. Use me. I say that still after 35 years. Here I am, Lord, use me to bring glory to you. Amen.